Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 20 of the Real Flex podcast. Mason Merritt here, joined by Josh Needle. And uh, if you're wondering, if you've listened to the show before, we're a man short, Cody Redfield, our Code Red, good buddy. Uh, unable to join us for this segment, but uh, he'll be uh, on in just a, f- a few moments while we talk about Triple Nine. But the, the news of the day at this moment is that uh, the Oscars have concluded, and uh, the world may never be the same, Josh Needle. Yeah. No. <laughs> now this is interesting because you, what did you watch this evening instead of instead of the ceremonies? Well, I started off with an evening of uh, some Family Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, then I did a little bit of work, and then I, you know, ended the night out with a little bit of Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard there was some show going on. Was you know? oh was... wow! <laughs> Think of all the the children conceived and the people that died in the course of this show. <laughs> it's just. It's long. It's long. Uh, I think, yeah, this show about ran about three hours and 38 minutes, which is um, shorter than some major surgeries. Jesus. That's nice. I feel you could probably get a kidney out in the time that this it took to have this ceremony. <laughs> you, get, you can get him taken out and put back in in just as much time. But um, that's just that's what's that's what you expect. I mean, that's that's the Oscars. It's if it's if it's short, that's no fun. But the interesting thing that I noted, and maybe this was by they did this on purpose or whatever, but a lot of commercials re like they re-aired. Like they got multiple commercials. Like there was there was one. Um, let's see, it was just like playing the same one. Like over. yeah, yeah. It was there was one where it was um, shoot. It was a guy. He was like with his family or whatever, and his wife was like, "Oh, you can pick the movie tonight." And they dubbed over his voice with somebody from who won. I think it was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s. Who won mm-hmm. best act as actor, sporting actor, or whatever? But they show that one like three different times, so I don't know. Maybe it was intentional, or maybe they ran out of show. <laughs> but the the advertisers got more bang for their buck. It was Kohl's, whatever they sell. So um, overall, an interesting year. We'll get into it. We'll run through some uh, some nominees and talk about them as they come. So starting with best visual effects. This didn't start in the show. We're just kind of starting from the bottom. Uh, Ex Machina won, which Cool. Didn't get nominated for that much, so I guess this is the best that we can hope for. Beat up Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, Star Wars, and that was—I'll get—we'll get into this in a minute. But the presentation of these awards was actually really interesting. Like with with best visual effects, they showed—maybe they do this every year, but I just noticed—they showed the progression of the effects, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> for the you know the, the scene in the Revenant where DiCaprio's thrown off the horse or he like yeah. falls off the horse, yeah. yeah it, <laughs> It looked like they did. They used a mechanical bull for that. It was kind of strange. It was like cool. Leo riding a mechanical bull. It gives me a lot of thoughts. Uh, Mad Max Free Road took a home best film editing. And uh, this is actually going to be the first of quite a few. So I think, let's see, the next uh, the next six awards went to Mad Max. So uh, best costume design also went to Mad Max, which was, I actually thought Cinderella was a dark horse for that one, but oh well. Ooh. Best makeup and hairstyling, Mad Max, which you know, The Revenant might have been my pick for that one. Uh, cinematography, and this is the one that kind of bugged me. Cinematography won for Emmanuel Lebeski. Do you have any problems with that? First of all, uh, no, no, really. Well, I do. Well, because at this to this point, 
this is two movies in a row where Emmanuel Lebeski has pretty much done the same thing. Like, he won for Gravity a few years ago, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I that, one, that one was different. I get that one because it's space, and he just, he got you, at least when I was watching it, I, even though the theater was kind of warm and I had a jacket on, it felt cold, you know? And the, mm-hmm. if you can do that, that's pretty impressive. You can, if you can at least get me to kind of feel what the environment is, that's great. But with Birdman and then The Revenant, he just kind of did the same thing that he always that he he did the same thing in Revenant than he did in Birdman. It was just a lot of long takes, a lot of tracking shots, a lot of uh, not so obvious cuts. It just I didn't get that. That doesn't make sense to me. I thought at the very least uh, the hateful eight would have gotten it. I would or <laughs> maybe someday Roger Deakins would win. You know this year nominee for Sicario, but uh, oh well, you can't win them all. Are you okay with that one? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, again, I, like I said, I'm not. I don't think I've stated it yet. Uh, I'm not really that. I didn't. I don't care that much about this year's awards, but mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, it's, that's fine. I mean, it, I, it looked great. So I mean, nothing mind blowing, but I mean, I don't know. I just think that it's a lot. It's a lot easier to have quote unquote great cinematography when you've got the the really lush landscapes already built in. You know. Yeah. Like you're not really creating anything. You're just showing what's there. Whereas I think with the Hateful Eight, I mean they they shot the let's see probably eighty to ninety percent of the movie was in one place with a, just a group of people. So the fact that I just I think the fact that Richardson was able to keep that so lively and keep it from being stale, I think is a lot more impressive than um. Yeah. Lebeski, I guess, from using what he's already got and looking around, and be like, "Oh, these are n- this is nice." And then, you know, I feel like that that gets that gets in the way with cinematography now and again, where it's people just mistake nice landscapes for nice shots, I guess. But that's just that's just my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I don't I can I guess I can see where you're coming from. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't again, I don't really have any. I don't have much of a problem with it. Um, so, well, that's that's his third in a row, which is something else. Um, best sound editing went to again Mad Max Fury Road, and cool. then here's, yeah, it did. Sound editing, how about that? I thought Star Wars might get that for to be honest with you. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then here, this is another one that pissed me off. Is uh, best original song. Writing's on the wall to comb the the Oscar. <laughs> of course it did. And this is the first thing that annoyed me. Because you know how they have, like, everybody come out and... Or maybe not everybody. They only did it for three this time. But you come out and play your song. You know how they do that? Yeah. Well, uh, what's his name? The Weeknd came out and performed Earned It from Fifty Shades of Grey. And I just, I just thought, how much would see you again just bring the house down if you got Wiz Khalif out there or, and who uh some he's of the not, other people it's not proper enough for them I know but he's them. I, I like Wiz Khalif I think he's kind of cool he's he, he, he's what uh he's what Lil Wayne should be really but it was just watching that song be performed it was just it was it was a bad song it was a really bad song and then and then Sam Smith coming out and performing writings on the wall like <laughs> he is just the song sucks, and he, he even gave an interview afterwards. I, you follow us at underscore reflex on Twitter. I, I live tweet the whole thing. Just so 
throw your hate towards me with some of the comments I made, but he 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 literally said in an interview that he laid down how to write a good Bond song. I was like, how would you possibly know that? You didn't do, you haven't done that, Sam Smith. And the performance was awful. He was like rocking around back and forth, like he was on, um, you know those like it's like a medicine ball, and then it's got like a little uh, ring around it where you can stand. Yeah. It, he was doing that. He was just rocking back and forth. It looked like a metronome or a, like a broken <laughs> clock or something. It was awful. And uh, he's just he's just the worst. But anyways, um, and then Till It Happens to You, Lady Gaga gave Till It Happens to You from the Hunting Ground, which a song I didn't know I didn't know anything about, but I was just blown away by how she performed it. And she's blowing me away recently. She is incredible. I tweeted this another controversial thing I tweeted. You know, back in the day, we all thought Lady Gaga was just this flash in the pan. You know, I born, thought she was the born, worst thing on the planet. Yeah, and now she goes from she goes from that to pretty much. In my eyes, being the heir apparent, though not as good, to David Bowie, really. I mean, I'll I'll argue she's she might to me she might be the best female singer working today. Mm. One of, if not the best. Her voice is a little bit too nasally for my taste, but I can definitely I, I get that. I could definitely throw some points behind her over, let's see, anyone else in pop music like. Ever since um. Well, what, except what, Adele. Was it was it last year that she? Sung um, "Hills Are Alive." Uh, I think so. Yeah. That yeah, that's right. when I first kind of took notice. I was like, "Wow." Her Ever album. Since then. Yeah, her album with Tony Bennett's incredible too. Nice. But um, yeah, that's. Whew, she was. She just brought the house in. They had a bunch of. I, I, I'm assuming they're victims of sexual abuse or sexual assault. They had them come out and they had, they had, they had them uh, for Lady Gaga's song. They had them write like survivor or it wasn't my fault and stuff like that it was just really uh it was powerful rachel mcadams had her she had a chris pine moment where the camera cut to her like crying <laughs> oh wow remember, remember chris pine crying at whatever yeah song? yeah Ugh, what a i hate him more like chris fine hey uh best original score and neo morricone which was nice kind of got that lifetime oscar uh it was i would like to have seen john williams just go up there and taking the Take it home, but actually, I want to hear about this from you. Where does the Force Awakens score stand up with the rest of the tri- of the uh, series? Um, personally, it's my second to last okay. favorite of the scores. I would, uh, I would just still good, by the way. Yeah, it's a, all even the prequels. Like, I don't like the prequels. Mm-hmm. The music is still fantastic, and I think the Force Awakens isn't as good as a lot of music in the prequels. But it's it's more to me the prequel music, all, really just all the Star Wars music has had like a lot of like you know there's like music that like just is there to accompany the movie and then there's other songs that really stand out it's like a rock track and yeah. then like there's like Two of the Fates or there's like the Darth Vader theme you know things like that mm-hmm. I never really got any of that out of the Force Awakens so it's more just a lot of music that's just accompanying the movie but it's incredibly well done so. Hmm. Well, so what's your favorite Star Wars score? Um, for uh, the the original, semi tied with slash, maybe <laughs> in second place is Revenge of the Sith. I I flop I flip flop those two. Okay, hmm, interesting. All right, uh, so yeah, Neil Morricone one for there. Uh, we're gonna skip over animated short film live action. I'm sure they're nice, but I don't know anybody who's actually seen them. I don't know how to see them, so. Uh, documentary will skip over. 
Uh, best animated feature, Inside Out one, of course. Nice. Which was which was nice. Pete Doctor gave an incredible speech that said, you know, I like him. You're, oh yeah, he's he's the best. He's oh he's great. He's the Steve Jobs of Pixar. He but, is. Um, he gave this really, a really, really great speech about how if you're, you know, since the movie's about emotions, if you're somebody in your teenage years and you're just kind of this, this, amalgamation, I guess, of just emotions and you're, you, you're just, you're not having a great time. You're going through puberty, which is just a living hell. He says that just create, just write, draw, anything. Just start, right. start creating stuff, and then, and you'll be much better off. And I, I'm doing it a disservice, but he was just—he gave a fantastic speech. But uh, best adapted screenplay. This was a bit of a surprise. Uh, the Big Short took home the Oscar. Oh, cool! Uh, over Brooklyn Carol, The Martian, The and Room. I—I I thought that probably the best for me, the best script of the year was The Martian, just because it—it moved so. It just moved so well, and it had so many highs and so many lows. It just to me, that's the best script. But. Um, did you see The Big Short? I can't remember. Yeah, I, I love The Big Short. That mm-hmm. was great. Um, almost made one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, okay. Um, nice. But I, I love The Big Short. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought the script was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, did Adam Adam McKay wrote it too, or did he just direct yes, it? Yes, he wrote it. And, yeah, that, uh, that's why. I think, I think he's a great writer. So. Which is weird. Who would have thought Anchorman guy would have been yeah. <laughs> an Oscar winner? I mean, when you look at like all his comedies, they're very, I mean, yeah, they're like, I mean, they're not like highly intelligent pieces of art, but I, would, I mean, they're clever. They're I clever would, movies. I would, I would argue that because like the Anchorman movies, I think, are some of the most underrated pieces of maybe not satire, but like political commentary of the last, you know, hmm. 20, 25 years. Because Anchorman is about, it's actually quite uh, quite appropriate. It's about, like, women in the workplace and kind of that whole transition done That's comedically. True. And then, then thought about that. Yeah, and then Anchorman 2 is about the rise of trash news. Like, the let's not show people what they need to see, but what they want to see. And it was, I think, I'll defend those two all day. If you, if, if you don't find them funny... That's perfectly fine, but there's some really, really interesting stuff going on in those movies. I've always thought Adam McKay had a, a movie like Big Short in him. I was too busy not liking Anchorman 2 to really pick up on that. But Oh, you didn't like it? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I, was... like, I love the first one, but I didn't like the second one. Yeah, that's true. But Adam McKay, he's definitely, he's definitely somebody to watch out for. I would say that he reminds me of, let's see. I don't want to say a Scorsese because I feel that's a little bit too out there. So. I think I think that's a good comparison, not like actually in terms of like quality, but I think he's a more commercial Bennett Miller. That's what I'll go with. I yeah, like that. he could have easily stepped in and directed Moneyball. Like that would that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, if you go back in time, oh, that'd be something else. But he had Adam McKay. He's got to keep an eye on him. He's gonna be. Yeah, big. I, I really like Adam McKay. Uh, best original screenplay, which isn't, you know, still isn't original, but whatever. I, is, I don't uh, understand, but whatever. Yeah, this makes no sense. I mean, three of the movies happened, like, are based on real events. How is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, Spotlight, Tom McCarthy, Josh Singer, they won it over. Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Straight Outta Compton. I'm just looking at this, and I think the most impressive, just looking at this list, Ex Machina only has one credited screen screenwriter. Spotlight's got two, Spies has three, Inside Out's got four, Straight Outta Compton has four as well. So damn Alex Garland. But yeah. Spotlight took away the took away the hardware, which is cool. Well, it's a great movie. So yeah. And now we get into the I think the most controversial pairing of um, of awards. We got Alicia Vikander winning for Best Supporting Actress, 
we have all made it clear, and if Cody were here, he would be I'll, in 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 abstention. I'll just say, baby girl, because she is <laughs> she's the queen of this podcast. We all love her. Well, two of the, two out of three of us love her. Do you? Love I love her? her. Okay, good. So I all of us love her. Love the girl. A. I don't I don't know about you, but I don't think, and I didn't like. I liked Kate Winslet more than her, and as an acting performance, and I think that like everyone else, she was nominated for the wrong movie. So I'm a little torn on this because I love her, but she won for a movie and a performance that is not very good. Well, it's she's good in the movie. She's good in the movie. The movie's not good. But what do you make of all this? I mean, I didn't see it. Oh, that's right. So oh. I don't really know. Yes, yeah, so, save know. your two hours. Just read Wikipedia because it's not good at all. But I mean, my thing is like it's about the performance, not the movie. So if that's she true. gave a great performance in a, maybe a bad movie, yeah, I, that's not. I don't think that's. A, I don't. I think that's perfectly fine as long as the performance was great. Yeah, that's that's true. My vision, my vision is obscured because I didn't like the movie that much. But I still, after watching it for the two twice in the matter in the span of a week, I still I think Kate Winslet was fantastic as Joanna Hoffman, and she should have. If I were casting vote, it would be to her. But that's life, I guess. And then this is by far the most what-the-hell win. Best Supporting Actor went to Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies, the guy that nobody was talking about. Josh, what are your thoughts? Um, yay. I don't know. I mean, I thought I, th- I personally thought he was great in Bridge of Spies. He would have been probably my number two or number three pick. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but I thought he was fantastic. Um, but Sly Stallone. I know, I know. Um... Oh, that's mean, a tough pill to swallow, even for me. I mean, it's we got we got to see Rocky that's true. in a in a great movie with a great performance, and Sly seems happier than ever. Mm-hmm. And he's probably gonna come back for Creed two, and I'm sure he'll be fine. Creed so. two, Electric Boogaloo. But <laughs> the the thing that the thing that confuses me is that I think with the lead up to Oscar season, you do get the feeling and people i'm sure people let it slip of like oh who they voted for and you take like a kind of a consensus in the media mark rylance just seemed to come out of nowhere it it seemed like for me from what i things i was hearing it was a it was a race between stallone and then and uh tom hardy so just to sit there and see mark rylance get announced was just it was insane i was like my jaw dropped i was like what's going on how's this possible but you know he was he was good in the movie I think he was the fact that he was much more subtle than Hardy and Stallone was is probably what kind of caught me off guard, or maybe is why I think I don't think he was as good because it was a very understated, you know. Yeah. Hmm. It was it was a subtle performance, but I I thought it was great. So. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess that makes him the last, the first since uh, Daniel Day Lewis to win an acting credit for a Spielberg movie. Good for him. Uh. So let's move on to Best Actress. All right. Your girl, Brie Larson. Yeah. Who now I'm comfortable and I will anoint as the new Jennifer Lawrence. Even though Jennifer Lawrence is still around, but she's she's got that moxie now, I think. She's kind of been she's been hitting it with these smaller movies and now she's getting into the bigger stuff and she's gonna have a franchise on her hands pretty soon. Yeah, she's gonna she's gonna crush everyone's she's gonna crush it next year with uh what's it called? King Kong. Yeah, yeah, Skull yeah. Island. Should be fun. Beat out uh, Blanchett, uh, Lawrence, as we said, Charlotte Rampling, Schwarza, Searsha? Searsha Ronan? Searsha? Searsha? I don't know. I don't know. S. Um, 
She was po- she went to a and was post she went to a U two show a little while ago and was posted oh, on the Instagram feed. So <laughs> she's well, she's Irish, so by <laughs> by law she's got to like it too, you know. But uh, they poured her tea, which was cute. But um, yeah, I gotta say her speech was very underwhelming. Really, well, she's Brie Larson, so she can do whatever she, she wants. It was just pretty, like you know, thanks. Thanks, my team. Thanks to my director. Thanks to Jacob and all. She's that. nervous. Cool. She's know. young. She's it's her first Oscar. Yeah, Give her a break. She seemed pretty cool up there, though. That's a, I don't know. Did you see uh, room? Did you see room yet? I still haven't. I've really got to. No, I no. So, oh my god! I can't wait till it comes. I order. I it's yeah. Got to shift. <laughs> from the clips that I saw from the show, it looks spectacular. So, uh, definitely, that's. I, that's on the top of my list, but um, a couple you didn't you didn't respond to this text, but uh, there was there was one moment in particular where R two D two, C three PO, and then BB eight all came out, and you could see they they took a shot of Jacob Tremblay kind of almost standing up on his seat to get a better look at him. That <laughs> I thought if you saw you would just explode. But uh, love that kid. He's good. He's he's good. Um, Let's get him in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Should have played Kid Anakin. Oh, that would have been. If, he wouldn't even lie when those started. Within a lie. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, and this is this is going to kind of lead into a later conversation. The best joke of the entire night was Chris was when Jacob Tremblay and then some kid from Beast of No Nation came out to announce an award, and they're obviously they're kids like they're super short and the mic's a lot taller than them. Mm-hmm. And Rock comes out from behind the scenes with like an apple crate and then just a plank of wood for the two of them to stand on, so they're at like eye level. And I don't know if they intend, intended this for happen, but as he went off stage, he said, I did something good, or I, I did a good thing. And it was just, it was the most subtle, like really low, you barely hear it, but it was, I died laughing. But we'll get to talk, host talk in a second. And now let's move on to, oh. to the, one of the greatest moments in, in mankind, in human history. Leonardo DiCaprio taking home the Oscar, finally... Leo did it. He did it, man. He did it. Josh, you you must be beside yourself with jo- with happiness. I mean, Fastbender deserved it, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I I I probably think so too. I mean, Caprio was good, but I I don't really care for those physical performances as much. Which, eh, that's that's just I guess personal taste. But <sighs> I mean, he was he was incredible in the movie. I'm just like, I mean, I, I'm more like. I'm more. I I sound like such a like. I don't know if I sound pretentious or like a hipster or whatever. I'm. I'm more just happy that people will shut up. Will just stop like with this. Why has Leo not won his Oscar yet? I'm. I'm thrilled for Leo. I Leonardo DiCaprio is one of my favorite actors on the planet. Um, and I'm thrilled out of my mind that he actually won. I'm so happy that he won it. I don't even though I don't care. Sure, I'm sure he probably cares even though. I've said that he probably couldn't care less. Yeah, it's Leah. It's look at look at the women he's with. Look at the <laughs> money he has. Look at where he's been. He can do whatever he wants. He can go wherever he wants. He can be with whoever he wants to be with. He can do. He's he's basically God. This so. is just validation, though. <laughs> it's validation. Um, but you know he's got his little blue. He's got his uh, little golden man. So, <laughs> um, it's you know I'm just glad people will. Stop talking about it. And I'm just imagining that somewhere in his house, he has like a little display case that he just dusts off every now and again, waiting for his to put his Oscar there. 
and now he's gonna he's gonna go home and he's gonna put it in there. He's gonna have himself a little moment, you know. <laughs> oh, DiCaprio! Yeah, I'm glad for him. He's the best. Um, but now the question is, what is what now is gonna unite us as a people other than to clamor and swoon for Leonardo DiCaprio? Like he's he's done it. It just it's kind of it's it's sad almost. It's like the end of an era. No longer can we pull for DiCaprio. It's 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 just it's like friend, when Friends ended, you know. It's like oh man, what now? You know your favorite TV show's ending. What do we do? But, People will find another actor that they think deserves an award that maybe he doesn't actually deserve, and that's true. They'll make say he should get it for the yeah. next twenty-two years. Fassbender, I'm down for that. I'm down for Fassbender, <laughs> but. You know, like, what? I want to hear from this. Hear about this from you. Where does Where does Leo go next? Like, he's got, he's been atta- he's attached to a bunch of different projects. Like, there's a Sinatra biopic that he's been uh, tagged for for a long time. That one I want to see just because singing. Uh, he's got another one, uh, The Devil in the White City with Scorsese, another Scorsese. Uh, a couple more adaptations. One of a guy that has with like personality disorder we have like 88 different voices in his head or something like that so josh in your opinion what is leonardo dicaprio's next move um i know this is probably maybe a bit of a fanboy answer but i want to see him do more blockbuster stuff mm-hmm. um because i mean i i love everything he's done but i want to see him do bigger things because like if you look at i mean everything he's done, i mean he does big movies like the revenant isn't a small movie it's yeah. not a small movie he makes movies um, big <laughs> yeah um, but if you like the last, I think the last like big movie he's done was like Inception, unless I'm forgetting something. Um, you um, can maybe, make the argument for Gatsby. Gatsby. Yeah, I didn't like Gatsby like at all, oh. but, um, but I mean, I, yeah, that was a, not a, I wouldn't say a blockbuster, but that was a, a mainstream movie. Um, but I want to see him do more things like not a superhero movie per se, even though that would be really cool. Um, but something like, um, and I actually don't know if I want to see him in Star Wars, but <laughs> Um, I just think that'd be distracting, but um, I don't know something along on on that scale. I want to see him do more movies. Maybe give him a franchise, give him his own franchise or something. I, I, that'd be really cool. He's he's been flirting with a few of them, but they just kind of haven't clicked, or he's been having other ideas. Like give him, I guess give him his own Bourne style action franchise. <laughs> that'd be cool. That's true. Um, Make him James Bond. Well. Let's all calm down. Uh, no, he's like I said. Like I said just earlier, he makes movies big at this point. Like his last under a hundred million dollar movie was Jay Edgar, which was more of like a typical sort of drama, which I actually kind of liked. But yeah, uh, like you mentioned, Inception was his last huge one that made that made uh, two hundred ninety two million dollars domestically. I think over eight hundred. So that's his his last big hit. But I actually I think I. I might be clo- coming to agree with you on that one. I think he might do something a little bit more commercial, but then again, he might not. He might just want to do his his movies and get some more Oscars or something like that. That's just the DiCaprio way, I suppose. But it'll definitely be interesting to see where his career goes now that he's got this out of the way. We're going to see second phase of DiCaprio. Uh, so yeah, he beat out Cranston, Damon, Fassbender, Redmayne. So that was pretty... Nice. Glad glad Redmayne didn't win. That would that would make him so sad. <laughs> so sad, so mad. And then we get to Best Director. We got um, Alejandro Gonzalez. Well, G now. I get, they shortened it to G for some reason. But Alejandro G and Aritu for The Revenant over McKay, Miller, Abrahamson, and Tom McCarthy. 
Which, okay. yeah, that's. I mean, I, I no, I would have gone with um, Miller, but you know. Yeah, I. I mean, I actually, I really did think that this would go Miller's way because, like, all of the technical stuff, with except for, um, I guess, more behind the scenes, but with the exception of uh, cinematography, just everything was going Mad Max's way. I was like, okay, uh, looks like Miller's going to pull this one out. <laughs> Everybody's just, he's kind of like the godfather sitting over there. Everybody's just like, oh, George Miller, George Miller, George Miller. But So I was pretty... I was surprised, and it actually it took home the most amount of hardware with six with uh, six wins. But you know, the Revenant, I didn't like it as much as uh, as you did. So, what about the movie? Do you think makes it best director material? Why? I mean, aside from I mean, everyone made the little joke about how hard it was to film, mm-hmm. and I mean the natural light. Um, but I mean, it, I mean, it's just you know. It, strong interesting good director choices mm-hmm. um you know the way it's sh- i mean it's shot beautifully but that's cinematography but i mean the, the cinematographer director work hand in hand yeah especially um, those two like yeah oh they're um, pros you know it's just the way it's the way just the whole the storytelling aspect of it the, the tension um the way it builds i mean that's all on the director and when you can do it mm-hmm. as successfully as he does i think that's worthy of a um, a win, I guess. Yeah. I just always find it weird that Best Picture and Best Director don't always go to the same person because I feel like you can't. How do you? Ha- how do you? How are you the best director who oversees the whole movie without being the best picture, which is the whole movie? You know, but that's there's always, weird stuff always goes on with picture and director. So, um, I definitely I like I said I thought Matt George Miller was gonna pick this one up. I thought that would be the the biggest like surprise and then fanboy. Uh, tribute of the night i suppose but though if i had a vote of course i'd go with tom mccarthy just because i love spotlight <laughs> and uh but you know i did not go ho- away home empty-handed because spotlight did go on to win best picture which makes me so happy and made a lot of people mad really I was, did yeah i saw and not not just like the mad max uh oh, just you know those for the lack of a better word, lunatics, but who think that means the second coming. No, like the I, real, like the Mad Max, like, you know, Mad Max people. What do you mean? Like, Mad Max is the greatest movie of all time. I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Really? I, I mean, it's my, one of my favorite action movies of all time. No, okay, but like, oh, well, that's a conversation for a different day, but like, just some of the ardent Mad Max fans. Uh, shoot, I forgot where I was going with this. But anyways, Spotlight just seemed to kind of buck the trend, I suppose. Like the, we got a lot of different, um, different wins, different because when it, with relation to Mad Max, how often do you see an action movie like that win any awards at the at the Oscars for that matter? And the, I guess the Academy is going to get slammed for picking a traditional I, movie. I, I think it. I think it is because it's like their movie got its actually had a chance. And there was some legit hype around it and didn't happen. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it would be like if... I don't know what it could... Um, like back when the final Harry Potter came out, there was a big campaign to get the, that movie nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were really disappointed when it didn't get nominated. It's a little different, but um, I think it's similar to that. It's just like when the passion of fans, like they finally think they have that chance. Yeah. Like the fanboy crowd and they... It, doesn't happen i can understand that disappointment but 
I continue to love the movie and watch it on repeat. I just watched it again two days ago. So, yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just, from where I'm sitting, it's just, it's, it's by far the most, even if, if, if you want to say that it's not your favorite movie, that's fine. That's, I totally get that. Everybody's got the, their taste, but it's, it's by far, and this is not even close Maybe well, maybe with the Big Short, I would say is a little is is in the ballpark, but nothing. And maybe Room as well. That has an argument too. But no movie is more important than Spotlight. I would probably agree with that. Like um, this is, this is stuff that's happening right now. And if you saw the movie and the end credits in cities, not even just in the United States, sh- but across the world, like that's. I'm still shocked at how many names, or how many places were in those credits. And think and think of all the places that weren't included because yeah, they they're still more listed like that's that's insane like that's i feel like when it, when a movie like this just pulls the curtain back and you know the, the the spotlight team they did it you know however many years ago so they obviously get the first product but when a movie can do this and display something that's way more important than any movie ever will be i feel like you can't you can't not nominate and make that the winner because it went past movies you know like this is this is doing something in the real world something malleable something tangible that's out there we're not just blown up cars and we're not watching a guy from 200 years ago survive a bear attack like these are these are real people that are some some are walking out some are walking around out there in the world and some aren't you know and that's really really important and that's that's what movies are i think movies should be there for in the in best case scenario a movie should be able to change the world in a positive way, and Spotlight, I think, did that. So if only more people saw it, that would be great. But well, the P, I, I, it, if you're talking box office, it, it did relatively well for. I know, but like one if of these you go up to if you go up to you know your average like my dad, if you go up to someone you know just your average Joe, you say, "Have you have you seen Spotlight?" Spotlight, odds are they're gonna say no. Yeah. Because it's not a main. I I guess I'm mainstream, but I mean. That goes for a lot of these movies, but I just I, I wish more movies like this were seen, yeah, by the public. Um, mm-hmm. that's just I don't know. So really, if if you want to make the argument that one of the that and there's another movie on there that's better or that you like more than Spotlight, fine. But to say that one of that Mad Max is a more important movie, or if The Revenant's a more important movie than Spotlight. That you're just flat out wrong there. That's not opinion there. You're just you're kind of wrong. I'm sorry. You can like it. Feel free to like it as much as you want. That's great. But that's, I would ar- I this mean, is what I movies would, are for. I would argue that. I mean, you could, all, all of them are important. Aside from a few, are really important in their own way. I mean, The Big Short tells a really important story. Yeah, yeah. That's... But I mean, but I mean, Spotlight really it uncovers something. I mean, it exposes something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just and not I, just. I mean, the financial crisis and child abuse are different, but in some ways they're like. It's just the financial crisis, whereas child abuse is just, I think it's just the most despicable thing that anybody could ever do, especially in this kind of a situation. But And I think Mad Max is important in oh, terms ab- of absolutely. filming. Not in terms of, like, you know, like, maybe Spot- Spotlight is more like a universal importance. It has more significance and does more just overall and outside of the film world. Mad Max is more just important in terms of the film world. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's very important. But yeah, Spotlight, I would definitely say, is the most yeah. important 
if you're going to make any argument, that's definitely the most important of all these movies. Like best case scenario, Spotlight, if it, you know, with this movie coming out, if these people are brought to justice, you know, and put behind bars and do the time plus some that they didn't before, that's great. And if Mad Max can result in practical effects and practical, let's actually do this with a car, let's actually do this instead of CGI it, that's also, that's for what it's trying to do, that's just as great if you, if you ask me. So it's, uh, it's just, people got to calm down. <laughs> don't, don't trash on Spotlight, okay? Just yeah. stop. Yeah, people get passionate. I mean, I kind of get it. I'm not, yeah. obviously, I'm, I'm not, obviously, I haven't been hugely active in this thing but i mean i get I, I get people are passionate it's you know i love movies it's like my favorite thing mm-hmm. in the world but i i mean like I, I star wars didn't get star wars didn't get anything i don't yeah. care i just ordered the blu-ray and i can't wait to watch it for the eighth time so <laughs> is that I, what you're I, up to i was wondering yeah, i saw it seven times in theaters Attaboy. so <laughs> um yeah so i i don't i mean calm down people relax enjoy just, movies yeah that's what that's what they're made for also uh just uh, some notes on the actual show show. Chris Rock was very, very good in some spots, but in others, he just... I just wanted to shout at the TV screen, okay, we get it, all right? So like, what, okay, so explain to me which which side was he pandering to. Because uh, some people were getting upset that he was making racist jokes, and other people saying that he was hit, like just making fun of the actual contra- the controversy... And he, some say he was going for it, some he was against it. I don't what what was he doing? Uh well his opening monologue was a lot about the controversy and he sort of mentioned that like uh he mentioned that black people are just minorities in general. They've been through a lot worse. Like they're not worried about cinematography in nineteen sixty eight. I love Chris Rock. Yeah, he's like black people aren't worried about cinematography in nineteen sixty eight when their grandmother's hanging from a tree and stuff like that. Like he was just very <laughs> He was very combative in that sense, but oh he also just, he also was like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, we've got a lot more going on than if somebody gets nominated for an award, you know? I've, I've, Chris Rock has always been one of my favorite comedians, yeah, and this is great. why. I, yeah. I almost wish I watched it just for that. That's incredible. Yeah, I can't remember what joke he made about, um, yeah, he, he, he mentioned something about, you know, I'm paraphrasing, so I apologize, but, uh, so it's about like more being more likely to get shot going to the theater as you know for black people obviously it's so sad to say but you're more likely to get shot going to the movies than getting nominated for an award or something like that or the the problem is that people are getting shot like you know he brought he brought to attention a lot of like just I get that I mean I can get being upset to me that I I have no filter and I have no like there's mm-hmm. nothing that bothers me in terms of comedy yeah so. I, that none none of that would ever bother me. If that's something that makes me laugh, but I get mm. that's maybe it's not the time or place. No, that's absolutely the time and place. That's when I all know. the eyeballs are on, and I mean, police violence is an issue, and it has to, and it kind of ties together with this whole hashtag movement. So I'm, I was cool with it. I was like, all right, good job, Chris Rock. He he hit on it too much as the night went along. Like, did he hit it? Like, what I mean is, did he hit it on it in like a? He said, at to make point, it a, a bring an awareness way or just making fun of it way." At one point, he came back after the it, the show started back from commercial break. He's like, "Welcome black." I'm like, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I think we get it, Chris." <laughs> he also had a bit with um, uh, <laughs> he also had a bit with his like Girl Scout cookies. Like they tried to sell Girl Scout cookies, which I saw was something about that on Twitter on uh, Facebook. 
Yeah, that was kind of that was like a lot like Ellen's. I thought it was funnier, but that's just me. Was, I saw something with Joe Biden. Was he he there? Yeah, Joe Biden showed up. He he gave a speech about like sexual abuse to, oh. towards women right before Lady Gaga's song, which was really cool. I like that. It was kind of like what the hell's going on in the moment, but when you saw what it led into, it was like, oh, that's cool. Oh. But one of the best jokes of the night was um, Chris Rock. He was talking about like um, how a lot of the performances are based on real people. And he's like, oh, we've got Michael Resendez from Spotlight in the audience, and we got Suge Knight in in the audience, and they cut to this guy being restrained in like one of those like Hannibal Lecter things, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he had like security guards next to him, and oh, it was it was pretty funny, but um, and just as I've said this on Twitter, I think I've said this to you guys before, but can we all just think for a second? And I think Chris Rock hit on this briefly, but it doesn't matter. This is just from where I'm sitting. It doesn't make sense that people are getting so angry about the amount of nominations that black actors get. I think people should be angrier that the only roles, the only Academy-nominated roles black people are getting, except for Denzel Washington back in the day, is for roles that have to do with, like, slavery and being prejudiced against and civil rights and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'd be more mad at. Like, why can't we get these... Why can't I be stars Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood or something like that? Like, these original characters who go on to win awards... I mean, no. that, that, I mean, that, the whole Oscar so white thing, it all just goes, you know, everyone's making it to be the, maybe they're not, I haven't paid, I've kind of checked out of this whole thing, but I mean, it's targeting the Oscars, Yeah. but the problem isn't the Academy because you can't nominate something that isn't there. Yeah. That's Hollywood's fault. Yeah. Hollywood needs to write more roles, cast more roles for people that are black or Latino, or Asian, or any other non-white race. Yeah, exactly. It's not the if the Academy thinks that these five people are the best actors of the year, and none of those people are black. That's that's not their fault. That's mm-hmm. just their opinion, and you can change that. For you can make that different by giving them more black actors. Yeah that are better than some of the white actors or yeah, I mean, does, Mexican actors does or the, whatever. Yeah, does the fact that somebody thought or like if the fact that I don't I wouldn't give a best actor nomination to Michael B Jordan that doesn't make me a racist. No. That just makes me have an opinion. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know whether or people, not. A lot of people saying why was Michael B Jordan not nominated? And he was okay. I, mean, he was and good. I, I thought it was I thought it was great in the movie, but like I'm looking at the list I'm like I thought everyone else that was nominated was better and they're and then they're like you're just because you're white. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> People are crazy. Like, relax. Yeah. All right. But then again, you can look at it from their perspective and look at it from that same, the other side of that same coin. And it's just yeah. those people, maybe they just thought Michael B. Jordan gave a better performance than, you know, any of those other five that's actors. And, yeah. and that's perfectly fine. But to bring the whole, it's just, again, it, this is a bigger issue than just movies. I mean, it's just, you keep bringing race into things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's warranted, but often I personally just don't think it is warranted yeah. as much as people make it out to be. Yeah, it's so. honestly this whole the whole PC, you know, the, all these movements that are going on. It's what it, what it comes down to is that people just want to seem smarter than they are. Really, I'm I'm willing to say that because that's I feel like that's the case in the whole. I go, I call it the ist movement because everybody's racist or sexist or misogynist or you know leftist or rightist or barbecuist or ranchist or I don't I I can't keep up with all this bullcrap but yeah that should people should there be more you know minorities up for getting bigger roles absolutely but 
The fact is that when they are, people don't go to see them. That's and what is the Academy and what are, what are movie studios going to do? They can't. In some cases, they can push a minority like Star Wars: The Force Awakens. They cast their yeah. one of the main characters is black, the other is Latino, and one's a girl. Yeah. Those are three minorities Not right there. Not a single there. one of the leads is a white male. Exactly. Well, Harrison Ford, but that's that's Uncle Ford. He he gets a pass. But there's <laughs> um, yeah, the Academy. You're right. They should not be getting the flack that they have because they they only pick the awards. They don't make the movies. The people I mean, make the movies. And you also look at. I mean, there's also you can also. I, I don't. I don't think you can completely. I wouldn't say you can't. I don't know how to put this because people are like I said. People are blaming the Academy. There is some. Some of it, I think, can fall on them because, I mean, if you look at the – I don't know the exact number, but I think the statistic was somewhere in the I, – I, I might, complete, might be completely wrong. I think it was like 90 percent um, white – I don't know. The majority of the academy is white male yeah. that are over the age of 60. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. So, <laughs> that's and, I mean, not. that's – and that's – there's not, not – I don't think that's necessarily a problem because being – a 65 year old white male doesn't mean you can't enjoy straight out of Compton or, you know, well, something, something along those lines. It doesn't help in some cases. Like, I guess, but I just like, like, do you think Clint Eastwood dug, uh, straight out of Compton? I don't, I think he, he, he prefers Jersey boys. Like, <laughs> ugh. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can see that side of the thing. I just don't think, I don't think that's as big of a deal, but I think that's, could be a potential thing to look at yeah. and I, th- I think i uh they did something earlier this year where they're gonna establish a new rule yeah um i don't remember exactly what it is but they're working on updating that yeah um so that's good it's just it's just it's a heightened version of office politics like that's i mean i think there should be a hundred people for like i think you just you should try to get a hundred people and just randomly select based on different backgrounds and kind of uh social statuses i suppose maybe one year you have michael b jordan in there voting or or however you want to do it but the the more the more similar demographic you have the less variety you're going to get from it so that's what they gotta that's what they gotta go for but eh, overall it's not the worst thing in the world i people should be more upset that unarmed black teens are getting shot on a bi-weekly basis than who gets an award or not. But that's just me. And for, and we also got a really great uh, burn about from of Donald Trump from Andy Serkis. He would have loved that. Oh, really? Yeah, he was he, he didn't like light into him intentionally. He just had this really clever British way of like saying he's an asshole. So <laughs> it was pretty nice. I love Serkis. Yeah, he's great. Um, who is Snoke, though? Uh, let's <laughs> see. Anything else that's uh, that's pressing that you want to um you think we should cover i don't think so i think we, we covered all the winners um nothing yeah overall the show is oh wait one more thing uh this is only this is solely because i study tv and i i look for this stuff but they did a really cool presentation with the best original and best adapted screenplay they played you know how they play like a scene from the movie yeah this one they layered it with a script with the script or like the, oh, have like cool. a script face where as the person was saying the line or doing the thing they would show they showed what what it looked like in script format a little thing but it was that's cool. yeah it was really really cool and they had a bottom scroll so people could like thank who they wanted to thank they only use it sometimes because people like Alejandro douchebag in a re2 just didn't <laughs> decided not must have decided not to hand it in I hate that guy I'm sorry why 
Because actually, I'll tell you why. Because uh, what's her name? What's her name? Jenny Beaven, the costume designer for Mad Max. She showed up in this thing in like in just normal black pants, a leather jacket, and like a scarf. And Inarit, as she was walking by, Inaritu, you could see him on the camera, was sitting with his arms crossed, and he had this like like little kid just <clears throat> look on his face. He just looked like a little child, and he's just he. I've seen him in an interview. He just comes off as as a prick. Like I don't, I don't like his movies. I don't like him. But that's just okay. me, being an old man. No, I, I'll I'll send you the video because you were just ugh, it's it's the most pompous thing. And she was great. She was so cool. She was just doing her thing, wearing a leather jacket. Gave a great speech. Loved her. But anyways, oh one uh, other one other thing. Uh, how was the memoriam in memoriam? Uh, let's see. They did not include Abe Abe Vigoda, which was strange. It's I've always wondered how they leave people out. Like it's. What's going on? Maybe they died in 2016 or something like that. But then they included Alan Rickman, so whatever. It was it was very strange. They left out some people, but uh, they ended on who they ended. Oh, they guess who they ended on? Just who? Just guess. Um, Bowie? Nah, Leonard Nimoy. Oh, that's great. He was way back in the day though. Mm. That was a long time ago. But Rickman. That was a, it was a year ago. Yeah, they they picked a strange Rickman clip. It was um it was from Chamber no it was from Sorcerer's Stone. It was like the first time you saw him. Yeah. Instead, I I thought they would do like the whole after all this time always from Deathly Hollows. Like that would have gotten me. I would have cried. Yeah. But yeah, that's just their decision. So. All right, so that's Oscars talk I guess for 2015. Hashtag Hail DiCaprio. Uh, let's get Cody back in here for a quick second before we break down Triple Nine. And uh, talk about the recent trailer that we got today. So, Josh, fill us in. What uh, what 2016 movie got a first look today? Uh, we just got our second trailer, I think, or I guess first full trailer for uh, Finding Dory. Woo! How did y'all get emotional, or was it just I, me? I did. Wait, yeah, same actually. I've I'm mixed on the trailer, but I I cried a little bit. Oh really? What what got you mixed about it? Um, so it's I mean if you look, I mean obviously there's you can't tell from the trailer just like any trailer. It seems like it's kind of just rehashing the first movie, which oh. is fine. But I I mean, but it does have a new element of the whole Dory finding her family, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like she gets taken and put in a plate and put in um yeah in a, like a fish tank or whatever. Right. At least it's not in a uh, dentist's office this time, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> Hashtag um, Darla. And now, and then it becomes, I guess, about finding her up on getting her back. Yeah. I mean, but it does have other elements going on, so I can probably look past that. It's just I didn't really. I was expecting something maybe a, a lot different, and yeah. especially because of Pixar. I mean, it took how many years ago did Finding Nemo come out? And they about twelve. Yeah. So, I mean, so, maybe I expected a little bit more. Mm-hmm something a little more fresh but i mean it's still pretty a fresh of a story i spent on it so yeah i mean yeah it got me emotional just seeing everyone back and the, the music coming up at the beginning that was great quick question how much would matt max free road changed if you switched out darla with morton joe well first it's mad max not matt max matt, um, i said mad max i heard you said matt max i can't speak didn't you do you not know this <laughs> Matthew Max. I need at least six starts to get a sentence like together. It's a, it's it's a problem, but 
Hmm. Just so you know, I'm still laughing at the idea of replacing Joe with Darla. That's the funniest thing. Just imagine him, imagine, imagine him tacking on the tapping on the glass with it really like loud and in his face. Shiny and chrome. Oh my god! <laughs> Can't get chrome in this thing, man. You remember that scene of Darla? She like kicks in the door, and it like it has that like uh, psycho music zooming in on her. Imagine uh, Morton Joe standing in the doorway and do that exact same thing. It makes the fact that he's she's trying to get back the pregnant women a little bit more, uh, you know, Kubrickian, I suppose. But hey, whatever. It's it's, it's a post-apocalyptic future. Anything goes. But um, Cody, what do you think of the of uh, our first look at Finding Dory? Oh, I liked it. Yeah. Um, you know how I feel about these sequels. Sometimes I feel like they're not really um necessary. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about this movie until I saw the trailer. It's like, all right. Maybe this movie does need to get made. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe so I do need was, this in my life. It was good. I mean, I had no expectations. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm just happy it's a thing. Yeah, same here. I love Finding Nemo. Like It's probably top five Pixar, which is so hard. to. It's weird because it's that's like an amazing, incredible movie for me. But I still have to really think. It was like, is this top five worthy? I'm not sure. You know, yeah. it's oh, what a wonderful it's, problem. It's my favorite, so. Yeah, I know. That's uh, it's great. Um, What's your favorite movie? Favorite Pixar movie. Oh, but Toy Story. Yeah. It's close, but... But does Finding Nemo have Randy Newman? That's that's where all the problems are. for this guy! <laughs> uh, that's, that's more Louis Armstrong, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, fun, me. fun fact, I have not watched Toy Story 3 since I saw it in the theater. Really? Didn't it wreck you emotionally? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I've just been on a constant, like, low-key suicide watch, so I just don't want to set... <laughs> I just want to set myself over the edge <laughs> by watching that again. So. God, I've seen it, like, a million times since. Oh, I've man. only seen it once, too. Yeah, that's... It's it's a tough... It's, it's a really tough movie to watch, but... Last time I watched it, I wasn't open emotionally. Yeah, just close so, it off. I'm afraid if I watch it again, I might be on a low-key suicide watch. Yeah. See... See, I like hurting myself emotionally because I'm crazy. So I watch really emotionally over the top movies, like Wayne's World, like Wayne's World too. Yeah, actually, I would say Wayne's World when they had that fight. You know, when that, they were hanging out by it the uh, me. yeah, they were on top of the roof of the car and like the plane was going overhead. That that always got me. But great movie. Hashtag Wayne's World three. <laughs> Where's that? I would love that movie. I want it so bad. That'd probably be so bad because it's it was, 20 years after. That was who funny. cares? I want it. Wait, Austin Powers, a new Austin Powers, a new Wayne's World. What would you rather have? Oh, like, I just like just, a Sophie's Choice kind of deal, where one just will never exist. I actually oh, just watched Austin Powers and Goldmember last night. It's yeah. still so great. Um, I would probably say Austin Powers. I think so too. <sighs> but it would be so great to have Danny Carvey like funny again. Do something. Yeah. Oh man! Talk about Loki Suicide Watch. I wonder what he was like after Master of Disguise came out. Oh my gosh! I'd go with Wayne's World three. Okay, so two out of three. Well, at least with Goldmember or in one Power. reality, it's uh getting made. Yeah. So well, that's all that really matters. I mean, spy movies are just as popular as they have have ever been right now. So why not? Uh, Austin Powers. Ah, those are so funny. And Michael Caine's still around. So. Strike while the iron's hot. Get him while he's good. Yeah. I mean, you could probably get Beyonce at this point. What is she doing other than causing controversy? Hashtag controversy. But, oh well. So, uh, yeah, that's Finding Dory. 
we're just a few months away from it. Who's excited? I am. I am very excited as well. So, cool. So, uh, without further ado, let's move on to this week's feature, Triple Nine, y'all. Boy. So, what do you, what, I just, before we start, what is your guys' relationship with kind of crime thrillers? Do you love them? Do you hate them? What's... I love them when they're good. Mm-hmm. Cody? Have you ever seen that episode of Futurama where they're, um, attacking the neutral planet i don't i've seen like three episodes of futurama uh i i don't feel very strongly either way about these movies yeah i've never actively seeked them out like i've never seen the town oh really oh my god which i want to that might be so good like the closest thing i have to that in my life is like the departed yeah which was awesome Mm -hmm. but i don't know I was pretty ambivalent going into this movie, so not the right word. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag education, but uh, yeah, I I I love these. Like I've Heat is sitting by Michael Mann is sitting about five feet away from me right now, and I'm contemplating whether to watch that or Man of Steel tonight. So obviously, I care for I like these quite a bit. Just any thriller in general. Wait, which which Michael Mann movie? Heat. Oh, Heat. Okay. Yeah, aka like. Since I have three hours to kill, possibly <laughs> three and a half. Uh, yeah, I I always like they're when they're when they're really good, or I guess when they're good, they're like for me they're all time favorites. You know, that I just I can't get enough of. When they're okay, they're disposable. But when they're bad, they're really really bad because they're always having to kind of step up to the level of stuff like The Departed, where like you mentioned the town earlier, Josh. The town is a fantastic I, I, it's so good. crime thriller for the first two thirds, but the ending is just god awful. Oh, I don't think it's oh, awful. Really? It's I so like, I, like I, I won't spoil it for for you, Cody. You can let you make your own uh, judgments on it, but it is so cliched. Oh, it is like Ben. I swear, Ben Affleck with that movie, he just copy and pasted endings to like five or so different crime thrillers and just called it good. It was really bad, but um. But overall, I really dig the genre, so a movie like this is probably up my alley. And with that, let's kind of get into Triple Nine here. Um, Josh, we'll start with you. Just some some initial thoughts on Triple Nine. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> it's fine. Not pulling you one way or the other? I'll, I'll probably if it's like on like HBO and I have nothing better to do and I'm like flipping through channels I'd probably stop and keep it watching for a few minutes and then if I got bored I would have no problem changing the channel it's probably the best way to describe my feelings towards this movie hmm. it's just kind of there so this is more like the disposable kind of like take it or leave it sort I, I of mean deal. it has some great things in it it just never like grabbed me Mm-hmm. like it just kind of felt i don't even want to say generic because it's well made i don't know there's just nothing about it that really stood out to me there was i mean it's got great performances yeah uh, i mean I, I think so i think some of them are really great um um i mean the story it's it's semi-interesting um it's done decently but i mean it just i don't i don't know for some i i maybe it's because i was really excited for it because it looked really great, and it had I, I love the director. Um, it's a great, incredible cast. Um, but I don't know. I just it didn't really 
do it for me. All right, Cody, since you piped up, what's it? Well, sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. Um, I like it. Go to we'll start with you next. This movie, it didn't do anything for me either. Mm-hmm. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt after walking out the theater. I was like, oh, yep. That was a movie. Mm-hmm. It happened. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't think anyone gave a particularly good performance in this movie. Sorry to disagree with you, Josh, but I just. Casey Affleck didn't really do anything. Yeah, he was, he was better in Interstellar for the four seconds he was in it. <laughs> it's just, and then just, nobody. I couldn't root for anybody. I didn't like anybody. Yeah, none I of think, the characters were likable. Yeah, I, I think, think you that hit, might have been the point, but still. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. This is very. I I respect movies that like to have antiheroes and antagonists, but. You know, for instance, I'm rewatching Breaking Bad, and you know, at this point, Walt is a pretty likable character who does bad things. I don't know if he changes throughout, but so far, that's how that's what he's like. And then, but in Triple Nine, everybody's just kind of an asshole. In the, <laughs> where I I feel like when I was watching this movie, I was just I kept thinking, all right, this is this is like this is like a B rate Departed, really. Like it, it's it. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, differences, a lot of similarities, but both of those movies are kind of centered on the fact of these, all of these people who are really not that good of people, except for maybe one in The Departed Queen, and he's okay, doing bad things. Except for The Departed, you like the people and you understand them, but in this, it's just they're they're just kind of throwing a bunch of ingredients into a pot and hoping for the best, and it ends up coming up not too. Just it just doesn't really work. I think I actually to disagree with you a little bit and agree with you a little bit as well, Josh. Uh, you Cody and Josh. I thought I didn't really like any. I didn't love anybody in the movie except for Chiwetel Ejiofor. He just has like a screen presence. He just commands a lot of attention. So I really I couldn't stop watching him. But everybody else like uh, <laughs> in my head I kind of think that um, Kate Winslet's character is the same one from Steve Jobs who just turned to a life of crime because she has sort of the same accent. You know? so that <laughs> that's made... her job. Or that's the job she chose with us. Yeah. She could do. I could work anywhere in the world. and she Working decided... anywhere she wanted. She chose to work for the Russian mafia. Yeah. The Russian Jewish mafia. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry if this seems like anti-Semite or whatever, but I did not find any of the Jewish people in this movie like intimidating at all. Because when they wear like the Jewish stuff, they just they look like they look like they're at a fiddler on the roof, not a mobster. It's just it's just a weird thing. I was like, he looks silly. Why, who'd be afraid of you? You got the little curls. Jeez. I'm gonna go ahead and say this is the first time that they tried to make Jews look tough, <laughs> and it kind of worked a couple of times until, yeah. like you said, they did a shot from behind. Yeah, and you could see their yarmulke. Yeah, it's just it, it loses. I don't know why. I don't have that much uh, experience with Jewish people, so maybe a bunch of them are really, really tough, and I just don't know it. But I don't know. It's just it was a really weirdly specific group <laughs> for the mafia. It's like, Russian Orthodox drug trafficking <laughs> Jews. <laughs> it's it's got like really narrowed down. Maybe the maybe the writer the director was part of a you know Jewish <laughs> Russian Jewish drug battling monster gang or something like that but it was just i don't know that just that always popped into my head like that's so that's funny um but yeah uh i guess the the main thing that i took away from and the thing i liked the most was um any time that people weren't 
talking because I feel like the dialogue scenes were just kind of exposition dumps to kind of get us to the next action scene, which all of them are really, really cool. They had a lot of like the heat, even a little bit of Dark Knight, Departed kind of elements to them. But just everything in between was just, it was, in some movies, it's it adds to the story and it kind of helps move the plot along. This one, like I said, it's just an exposition dump. It's like, here's what you need to know before we do the other thing. Like, they needed to cut at least three characters out of this and maybe it would have been better. But as is, it's just like, it's just kind of a, it's a mess. It's just, ugh. This needed a rewrite or two, I think. But I agree. I think we could have done without Aaron Paul. Yeah, I don't, I'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> Somebody could have replaced him. I, I straight up thought that that was Casey Affleck for like the first 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> they look so similar. A little bit. And then I heard him say bitch. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's Jesse. But yeah, I don't know. The thrill, the, um, the uh, heist scenes were really good. Like the opening was awesome. Mm-hmm. The um, one on the oh spoilers, spoilers, whatever that place, the Homeland Security office. I saw this movie yesterday, and I'm having trouble remembering. <laughs> That's a good um, sign. Was that was pretty cool? The C4 strapped to that guy's ankle. That was mm-hmm. awesome. And he was like, "I have ten times that strapped to your forehead. <laughs> Think of what it'll do." I was like, "Oh God." Mr. Edgeform, sorry. Please don't do anything. <laughs> He's great, though. I love him. Oh, he was good. Mm-hmm. He he was one of the better parts of this movie, I will agree. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, like, I couldn't pin down the relationship between Kate Winslet. I don't know how to say his first name, so EG4. Yeah, she was. And um, Gal Gadot. Or Gal Gadot. He, I think she, Gal Gadot was Chiwetel's baby mama. And then Kate Winslet was, like, maybe her sister who yeah. high who was like using her as leverage to get she would tell to do stuff for her and okay, she was just kind of stringing him along why did every time he told his son to go find his mom he would run to kate winslet because she was like a maternal figure I, it, it, the fact that we're having to like they have there's this much confusion over it is a good point about like like what i said just this script needed some work <laughs> you know i guess but Josh, uh, let's get let's get you in here. What did what were some uh, what are some opinions on what we were just talking about? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I don't feel that strongly about it. But I just like I think I liked it a little more than you guys did because I, I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But like again, like you were saying, like the script kind of it was just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of pretty by the numbers, generic stuff. Some interesting ideas in there that could have been really well done. Um, but, um, I mean, as for the performances, I, again, I, I really actually thought everyone did a really good job. Uh, um, uh, I actually, in terms of the characters, cause you were saying that you don't really like anybody or it's like, you don't really know who to root for. I kind of like, I feel like maybe this is just my interpretation of it. I don't know what they actually, um, wanted the audience to feel, but it felt like it was kind of like whoever the audience perspective of who they want to follow because mm-hmm. whether you're rooting with some people might be rooting for Casey Affleck and um, Woody Harrelson um, who I, I thought was really good in the movie um, and other people might be rooting for the more I mean I you could argue one or the other is the antagonist 
So um, would, that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. I don't really – it depends on your point of view. But um, for me, I was more rooting for um, Casey Affleck. And um, was it his dad that – it was his father-in-law. Father-in-law. Okay, I was. I knew it was something like fatherly. Um, but I was. I was more just rooting for them towards the second half at the very least, just because I was like, the the other guys like like Anthony Mackie's character was just a giant dick. <laughs> like he's such a dick. I'm just yeah. like, I can't. I, I kind of want to like him because I love Anthony Mackie, mm-hmm. but like it's just he's so he's just like a dick. <laughs> like. Um, and then the whole, I mean, and also I think they kind of wasted, they had a uh, Norman Reedus in it and they just kind of wasted him. <laughs> he just wanted money. Well, yeah. as somebody who has no opinion on Norman Reedus and doesn't hold him into a godlike figure, I thought they used him fine. Like he was, I, I, they killed him, I, which was nice. I think Norman Reedus is a really great actor. I, when I was watching The Walking Dead, the show has kind of gone to crap for me, but, um, he was always, I thought he was fantastic on that show. One of the best act, everyone on that show is fantastic acting was, but um he i thought he's a i think he's a great actor same with um uh jesse what's his what's his the actor's name aaron paul yeah. um aaron paul both him and Norman Reese are great actors i think they kind of also wasted aaron paul on just like a no pun intended a bitch role <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit um it's just i don't know um but again i, I enjoyed it it was fine um but it just it could have been so much better and I just, I, again, like you, I saw it, what did I say? I saw it a couple of days ago, and I honestly am having trouble forgetting most of what I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I might as well have just seen this on TV mm-hmm. while, like, doing chores or something. Right. And I would have pretty much gotten the same effect. So. So uh, there's a couple performances that I wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, firstly is that of... Actually, just in general with the casting of this movie. So I took a class about program development for entertainment media. And uh, one of the, I guess, project or exercise that we were doing was we were given these different quote-unquote scripts. And they were just sort of spec scripts. And we were like, okay, who would we cast in this? And I feel like this movie was cast by a, like a 20-year-old who was like, oh, Woody Harrelson played a cop and true detective. Let's have him play a cop here. Aaron Paul played a criminal in Breaking Bad. Let's have him play a criminal. And Casey Affleck and, you know, so on and so forth. Like, the casting was just so uninspired. Like, there was nobody who's like, oh, wow, that'd be... And with a movie like this, it's $20 million to make. They really took no risks as far as casting goes. Like, everybody was just so boring. Like, of course, yeah, this is the first... This These people are probably the first people on their list. And then that's they were just done. That's all they asked about. It just, I wanted to see a little bit more variety in this because everybody, pretty much everybody in the cast has done something crime thriller related. So I was like, that's why, that's kind of a waste. But, anyways. <laughs> um, and then the two performances I really didn't like were, like I said, Woody Harrelson. He was awful. I'm sorry. Really? Like the, the teeth, and he was just like, he, he reminded me of Jared Leto as the Joker because he was just sort of a scumbag. <laughs> you know, he's just like, he would go into his apartment. Yeah, like he was just <sighs> sitting around. He's like everybody in this movie is just so ugly. Like, there's nobody that like like just using the Departed as a, as a comparison. Matt Damon's a pretty guy. DiCaprio has got a lot of you know he's very redeemable, but everybody in here is just so 
they're too flawed almost. Like there's there's what is there besides Edgy Four and his son? What noble thing or likable characteristics do these people have? And you know, what Harrelson Casey Affleck's married. Yeah, and he's he's got the about the personality of a wet boot, to be honest with you. Like I don't <laughs> what is this guy like? What is he not like? He's just like guns, he was in the army. Yeah. And then like you said, Anthony Mackie, just a complete asshole. <laughs> kind of true to real life from what I've seen. Oof. And then another person is, like I said, I'm watching Breaking Bad. What the hell is up with Aaron Paul? Like, does he always sound like that? Where he he sounds like he's in pain when he speaks. That's kind of his voice. Really? Have you not? What season are you on? I am almost done with season one because I I've, I've been really busy, so I have. Kind you should have met him called. already. No, we did. I did, and I just thought that that was like. Maybe just for Jesse Pinkman or something like that. But now yeah. I see I mean, I haven't movie. seen him in anything else other than this. I don't think. Yeah, the, yeah, this is the first thing I've seen him. Just like I've seen really? him in an Xbox commercial, but he still kind of sounds like that. <laughs> what are we doing here, guys? I'm just I'm Aaron Paul. Like I, that's a that's <laughs> the best I can do. But it just sounds so labored and like difficult. I don't know. Like is somebody standing behind him with their their like just a vice grip on his midsection or what? Like, are they some cutting into his diaphragm? Like, I don't know. But yeah, he was, I do not like him as an actor. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe he's good in Breaking Bad, but he is. further on. Yeah. Hope so. Because yikes. He's one of the best actors in Breaking Bad. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> oh gosh. Please. Kind of spoiler. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh no, I know he makes it for quite a ways, but, uh, so yeah. So cast, the cast for me, as accomplished as some of these people are, like I said, just completely uninspired. Like I didn't want. I'm not saying you have to get Jim Carrey for one of these roles, but you know, throw Daniel Bruhl a bone. He's awesome. He's a great actor, or somebody like that. I don't know. Uh, other positives and negatives, you guys. Positives. Um. Is it positive that I was able to call that Anthony Mackie was going to be the one to get killed? Or to be the triple nine. Because <laughs> I called that. Yeah, that was pretty I was like, as soon as I saw uh, Aaron Paul losing his shit, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet Anthony Mackie's going to be the one. Also, doesn't this movie want to make you just pack up the bags and move to Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm almost certain the only city. reason that movie was shot in Atlanta was because Norman Reedus, I think, like lives there. Oh, yeah. For The Walking Dead. They also have give crazy good tax breaks as well. That too. Like Hunger Games shot there too. But God, who wants to go to... They do have sports though, but um. So Josh, is any other thoughts, or is this just sort of meh for you? I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, if you have two hours to kill and nothing better to do, watch it, but don't really have any expectations for it. Is yeah, all I can say not one to seek out. Probably it just sort of it's it comes and goes. But uh, another thing that I sort of took away from this is I didn't really. What's up with, like, the fourth act in movies? What? Like, movies, they sometimes seem to have a fourth act where, you know, the, the storylines of all are all pretty much over, but then they have this fourth act where they feel like they have to wrap things up again. Not exactly what you're talking about. It just feels like once once you get to a certain point, I just feel like, oh, fine. All right, let's, okay, he killed her, he killed him, he killed him, happily ever after. Like, okay, gosh, just get on with it. You mean like the scene like at the very end with Woody Harrelson and the other guy? 
um, that whole last 15 minutes of the movie where everyone's just offing each other. Yeah, like it, like I said, it's I, I just mentioned this. You can follow me on Letterboxd, uh, Mason. <laughs> I mentioned this. It's like the, this is such a it's a Departed ripoff, really. Like they <laughs> except the Departed did it way better, and a lot of movies like Casino Royale, for instance, they do it way better. They kind of just they leave it a little bit open ended. Not too much though, but you still have an idea of what happened to everybody, and they sort of get on with it. But this just it felt like they were just going through the motions like okay now we got to kill him now he's got to kill him now oh this guy double crossed the other and it just it ended up feeling just tiresome but yeah you know how in hail caesar we started to like this more the more we talked about it cody i'm kind of starting to like it less the more i talk about this movie exactly <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but uh i guess uh, any final thoughts just... i'm not disappointed yeah, because I wasn't expecting anything. I'm just, I just, I don't know how I feel about this movie. Yeah, I do. I, I know my grade. <laughs> Josh, any any more final thoughts? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, I feel. I mean, that's that's probably the the summation of this whole. Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. Whatever. Cool. Well, let's grade it up, Cody. You got it. I'm going to give this movie a six. Solid. Josh, as for you. I will give it a 6.5. Ooh. How generous. Uh, I'll go six as well. This wow. is That's kind of my cutoff for whether I like something or not. So I still think just for the action sequences. Exactly. That's what I, I liked it. Too. Like that Those opening... heists were awesome. I won't lie. Oh, uh, yeah. This, like I said, it was it was right from heat. If, if we got more of that and less of everything else uh <laughs> that'd be cool by the way who in this freaking city isn't corrupt like if everybody's corrupt nobody's corrupt it's crazy like oh my god casey affleck isn't he's gonna be though he's not perfect i don't know this is just that was a downer <laughs> with such a cool title like i didn't know what triple nine was i was like what is it what is, is this like a name of a heist or a tactic or i don't know but oh well it's a movie it's a movie can confirm it's a movie so you gotta name the episode a movie <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get a, in a real quick watching, reading, slash listening to you guys. Josh, what up with you, dog? Um, he says very you, whitish. Uh, you go first. <laughs> I just I gotta I gotta think of something. Okay. Uh, I can. I'll. Uh, let's see. Actually, I got a listening to this week, Ooh. and I don't think we've done this. Actually, we have. Because, Did Coldplay? Because Coldplay, that's right. But uh, this is a new yeah. one. There is a, a an artist out there who I think if I think blows Adele out of the water. Like Adele looks like a choir girl compared to this girl. And her name is Suzanne Sundfor. S U N D F O R. Oh, I've heard her voice. Yeah, she sang the title song of Oblivion with Tom Cruise. They, uh, it's so good. I love that song. And uh, I've I've loved her for years, and I just kind of started listening to her on Spotify again, just putting her in the rotation, and just she's got the most unique, but just powerful and kind of unsettling, but classically different voice. If that makes sense. Like she's she's like a mix of um, she's she's a mix of like Stevie Nicks, uh, one of the lead singers in ABBA, and then Adele. Like, Which lead just, singer of ABBA? I the blonde or the brunette? The blonde. She's just. I don't in, know their names. It's yeah. probably something Swedish. Yes, uh, Stefan, Stephanie Jorb Normson. Jorb Normson. Van Streaker. 
Um, but no, she's <laughs> she's incredible. She's got her new album, Ten Love Songs, came out in 2014. It's really good. She's um, her music is very electronics heavy, and it's kind of 80s ish, but it's really really interesting. You you'll never those some songs do meld together. You don't really often hear the same song twice, and she's just got an incredible voice. And um, I guess three songs that I would recommend are, uh, let's see, uh, the Silicone Veil, White Foxes, and Let Me In. Those are probably the, her three uh, most diverse and best one. But also, there's Accelerate, Fade Away. Like she's just she's incredible. Just kind of go at will. Check some stuff out. Uh, and you might you might find a, a new favorite female singer. So, and uh, female singers are hard to are by and large not very good. <laughs> me, a lot of them end up sounding li- literally the same. So it's it's nice to get a little bit of variety. But hashtag you, Beyonce. Yeah, don't get me started, Beyonce. She's she's so overrated. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear Queen Bee Bay hashtag flawless perfect, I will like I said slit my throat. But anyways, uh, that too. Yeah, you gotta stay off Twitter. <laughs> I know it's annoying. People just yeah. Me, that's why I bailed. Here's yeah. Here's my uh, conspiracy theorist moment. Uh, the me the media pushes Beyonce on us. Like in reality, she's she's okay. But uh, they just people getting ham. I'm getting hammered in the head with how great Beyonce is. I'm just like, calm down. Drunken love's good. Halo's good. Don't really care for anything else. But anyways. It's It's my misogynist music talk for this week. Um, Welcome to the misogyny talk. We hate women. Uh, (laughs) Special. Well, not Kate Winslet. She's good. Uh, Cody, what about you? Anywhere she wants. Um, (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Have I talked about the Reckoner series on here yet? No, I don't think so. So it's not a show. Don't get excited. It's a trilogy of books. Okay. By, do you guys remember a couple weeks ago when I was talking about Words of Radiance? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. That author also writes this Reckoner series, starting with this book called Steelheart, then Firefight, and then the newest one was called Calamity. Yeah. This uh, series, I just finished it. It's a trilogy and it's all done. Um, this series is about basically what would happen in Heroes. Did you guys see Heroes? Yeah, briefly. (laughs) Well, you know the premise of Heroes? Yeah. If all of those people who got powers became insane and took over the world. That sounds awesome. And the story follows this guy trying to rebel against these, uh, they're called epics. Hmm. They're really great reads. They're kind of short. They're like 12 hours for uh, audible but i don't know how many pages they are but they're great i know josh are you still on audible oh do you still use audible uh yeah next one you get you should use it on steelheart all right i'll definitely check it out it sounds cool <laughs> yeah i just finished that so now here i am i have nothing to do except make powerpoints so nice Cool. Uh, Josh, what about you? Um, all right. Uh, so take a shot like, if it's Star Wars. Hold on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, last week I brought up a movie that everyone had seen 
like a big a big thing that I'd never seen. I watched for the first time. I got another one this week. Uh, wow. Jumanji. Hey. Was your first yeah. time seeing it? Yeah, I just saw it for the first time. It was on Netflix. Nice. Um, and it was leaving, so I had to catch it before it left. Um, but uh, I saw this movie. I'm so torn because I love this movie so much. It was getting better and better and better and better and better. And I hated the ending. I hated the ending so much. For those, definitely not me, <laughs> who can't remember the ending, what uh, what <laughs> happened? Spoiler alert for Jumanji, it by the way. Freaking just... To just throw everything out the window and go back in time or something. I don't it's still like I wanted to like I wanna rewatch it and stop it right when like they fix everything but before the next scene happens mm. and then just end it. Hmm. It pissed me off so much. That's a hot take. <laughs> Quite a hot take. Are you excited for the sequel now? It's a remake. Not a oh, that's even worse. I wonder who they're gonna get to star. Who's Rip Robin Williams? Yeah. Who like who's a Robin Williams type type figure now? Brian Cranston. Galifianakis. Brian Cranston would be interesting. Galifianakis would be cool too. Maybe Mike Myers. Why the hell not? No. Idris. That would be Elba. a great comeback for Mike Myers. Remember when Mike Myers was in Inglorious Bastards? Just <laughs> randomly. Two seconds. It was awesome. That was, that was so great. <laughs> Oh chap! <laughs> just, he was so it's over like, the top. So, uh, so Quentin, who do you have an uh, do you have an idea for who you want to cast for this uh, British general? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking of um, uh, you know, I was thinking of Rob of uh, Mike Myers. You know, he, he was really good in Austin Powers. Uh, maybe we need to go with him. It's like you just you need to make sure it's someone that can act off of Michael Fassbender. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Myers. Mike, Mike Myers. He's he's he's, he's amazing. No. Don't um, you remember his English accent from? Awesome powers, he's so good. <laughs> Such a weird thing. I like it when people do that, though. Just the most off-the-wall zany casting choice. Oh, it's great. But uh, cool. That does. That sounds. That sounds interesting, Josh. But that isn't that movie gonna get canceled or like they're gonna have to push it back or whatever. No, it's coming. It's supposed to come out next Christmas. Oh wow! And it's supposed to start filming this summer, I think. So I don't know. I don't really care. Like so. Star Wars Rogue One Christmas. No, next, like, oh, the next, next Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll probably hear about that pretty soon. So cool. Oh, wait. No, that it probably won't happen because something else is coming out next Christmas. Okay. What? Star Wars. Oh. Star Wars. <laughs> Did you forget about episode eight? I'm trying not to remember it in my mind so I don't get sad that it's a year away. Oh, uh, that's a. That's well, Rogue a good One's idea. only seven, eight, how many months away? Ten months away. Oh, so. good, good, good. Uh, just got to bite it off in chunks. <laughs> Find something you're looking forward to. And... Oh, there's plenty I'm looking forward to. But who knows? The, the idea of a Donald Trump presidency oh, and Star on. Wars in the same year would be something else. Yeah, that might be. Might taint Star Wars. Probably it will. He'll ask for a cameo or something. Oh I want to be in the movie. I want to play Yoda. <laughs> uh, Yoda's dead. Bring him back. I'm gonna build him up like I built the wall. You know, we should what we should do, build a wall around Endor. Make the make the Ewoks pay for it. Keep them out. Just... He's the new emperor. I want him to be the 
true identity of Snoke. Oh my Somebody's god. Somebody's gonna do that. Somebody's gotta edit Trump into like Star Wars as the Emperor or something. It's gotta <laughs> it's gonna be incredible. But oh boy. Kylo Red, but... I need you to find me that girl. <laughs> so she can build the wall. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I wonder if Benicio Del Toro might be like watching him to use his inspiration for his role. But you never know. It'll be interesting. So, uh, cool. Uh, so that's that'll be it for us this week. Sorry if I got uh, animated. You'll remember this, Josh, in the, in the first part. Oscar t- hashtag Oscar talk. But um, You're really excited about Leo. I was really excited and I was really mad even though I got what I wanted. It was, it was a very... It was an egomaniac moment. Um, I was... I went on a whole... Sp- tirade about why spotlight should have won and it shouldn't even been a question so yeah i i get very emotional but you Um, have not seen room so that's true i'm sorry room should have won in my opinion in case you're wondering however many hours later this podcast is yeah (laughs) if you want to know my take on the oscars i'm i wish room won i'm happy about leo and sly was snubbed yeah, Mark Rylance. Ah, that that's so all. weird. He was like the four. He was the last person I would have given that to. Oh. Same. Man, I have no feelings. So yeah, that's we. You're <laughs> you're like. It was a really fun back and forth between you guys, huh? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> your lack of empathy is really is well documented, Josh. Oh, it's just so it was just about Leo. Eh. It was it was just me screaming for thirty minutes. Really, like, I, just, just, yeah, I just I just said things in response. Yeah, very casually. Trying to get into it but i i take <laughs> too seriously that's my life but cool so that is that's it for this week uh next week coming up we uh i guess since we did two episodes on batman we might as well do one on superman talking about one of the most controversial movies the last five years uh superman like Four, ever Quest for peace Super, that came out more than five years ago <laughs> oh damn it uh yeah man of steel that'll be fun can't really oh, excited so to revisit nice. that one Get to, I feel like getting to look at that from a fresh perspective will be nice. So uh, should be an interesting conversation. But until then, you can follow us at underscore RealFlix on the Twitter. Instead of send us an email, RealFlixPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just have a great day, you guys. And we'll talk to you at a later date. Bye, everybody. Star Wars is cool. It is. Really?